You're listening to The Creative Boss Project, the podcast that teaches you to use your gift of creativity and takes your mindset out of the back room, into the boardroom, and straight to the bank. I'm your host, Karen Baxter. Let's get started. So, a couple of fun facts about me. I am a junkie about fragrance and body care. It is nothing like doing what I call a trifecta, which is lathering up with luxurious natural soaps, then smoothing my skin out with an amazing sugar scrub, and then intensely moisturizing my skin with a really rich body butter, all infused with my favorite scents. My skin ends up feeling soft, supple, and smooth when I do this. Now. Who is my connect for this all this junkiness? <laughs> it's nature's crush handmade. Completely fabulous and I'm totally hooked. Nature's Crush Handmade is a seed to skin company. They literally crush the seeds themselves, get the oil and put the oil in the products. I mean, how much fresher can you get than that? I swear by their products and once you try them, I promise you you will too. So go over to their website. It's naturescrushhandmade.com. Tell them Karen sent you. I promise you, you will not regret it. You'll matter of fact, you'll thank me for it. Naturescrushhandmade.com. Enjoy. Hi, and thank you for tuning in to the very first episode of the Creative Boss Project. I cannot tell you how super excited I am in this moment. It is both humbling and exciting and overwhelming all at the same time. I am so thankful that you have chosen to follow me and listen to the Creative Boss Project. Today's episode is about the woman behind the mic. That would be me, Karen, your host. I wanted to take a moment to tell you a little bit about myself. I wanted to be transparent and tell you, hey, this is the reason why I started the Creative Boss Project and why I'm here to help you. Okay, so let's get started. Well, if we go all the way back, I've always been kind of creative, right? Um, Since I was a little kid, I've been around creative people. My mother and my father were both creative people in their own right, not in the sense of the word that we use it today. My father, he wasn't really a carpenter, but he was always building things. And then my mother, she was a very accomplished seamstress, even a tailor. She made suits for men, bridal dresses, my clothes, her clothes, you know, just everything was always on point. And I remember always sitting at her foot And she was making me, because at the time, you know, I wanted to go play. I didn't want to cut out anything, but she would make me do the the patterns. And I used to hate those because as a kid, you're you're full of energy and you want to go, go, go. To cut a pattern, you have to be precise. You have to take your time and be methodical about it. And I didn't like it then, but I appreciate it now because it shows up in my current uh, business. So that's where I got my creativity from, my folks. My favorite color has always been purple. I remember when I was younger, 
I used to have this white wallpaper with these purple flowers, and I absolutely loved it. And I was always inspired by these little purple flowers. Don't ask me why. But to this day, I still love purple. So that's a little two cent tidbit that you might want to (laughs) know. In high school, I was creative. I was in drama class. I used to dance. Um, I was into music. Matter of fact, this podcast is kind of like a dream come true from one of my teenage teenage, um, ideas, which was to be a radio DJ because I loved music and I loved to dance. And I was always fascinated with a radio station disc jockey. So I said, man, I could do that too. Never came to fruition, but here we are. It's kind of the same thing, the same idea, right? So throughout high school, you know, it wasn't really cool to wear homemade clothes or to do crafting. So I kind of didn't go further with that. I kind of really got into um, this group called DECA, Distributive um, Education, if you can remember that. I'm, I'm probably dating myself, right? But that was all about sales and um, how to talk to people. And then that sparked a love in me of speaking and um, working with people and things. And so that's what I did. I um, went into that avenue and I was always in some type of sales position. I was always, even at my jobs, I was kind of still this young entrepreneur, even though I didn't realize that's what I was doing. Well, fast forward, I graduated high school and I got married and I had two beautiful, beautiful children. My son, Kyle, he gave me the most beautiful gift, the most beautiful piece of art that I can, I've ever seen in my life, which is my granddaughter, Sanaya Brielle, light of my life. And then my beautiful daughter, Naya, she um, is a light of my life as well. She loves makeup and art, and my son is a wordsmith, so he has an artistic spirit, and so does my my granddaughter. Even her mother is an artist herself. So when my daughter was born, I didn't want to go back to work. I homeschooled my son, and I had my daughter, and I didn't want to go back to work, so I decided to become a real estate agent. So I went to school online, and I got my real estate license. And I loved it. I loved real estate. It was hard at first because, you know, you have to build up your following and your client base. But I had a great time in it. I loved it. And so after working really hard, I became a top earner in my company. I even made the Million Dollar Club a couple of times. I was in new home sales um, and I ran a couple of subdivisions uh, along with my partner. And it was fabulous. It was great. But guess what? The bottom fell out of the market. (laughs) And so many people like myself had to find another alternative. Well, I ended up going back to work. Um, Let me tell you, me and nine to fives don't get along. I call myself unemployable and I'll tell you why later. But yeah, me and nine to fives don't tend to go along, get along. I love to be out. I love to talk. I love to help You call it sales, but the best salesperson is really about helping others and giving them what they need as opposed to what you want them to have. And that's what I really, really enjoyed in real estate was that I was able to find the houses for people and their families, their most precious possession. 
And I was able to help them find something that suited their family in their budget and made them happy. I'm still friends today with a lot of my clients back then. And that says a lot because when you work for them and you do them wrong, they don't want to ever talk to you again, much less be your friend. So I'm thankful for that. But when the bottom fell out, I had to go and get a job. And of course, I've had other jobs before, but I ended up taking a job at one of the largest or the largest at the time gold buying companies in the nation. That was a big thing back then in the early 2000s, you know, buying and selling gold or mid 2000s, I guess, buying and selling gold. And so I ran a a store um, out of the town where I live and um, I grew, the company grew. And so they kind of had me level up and I became the national marketing director and pricing director for the company, which was great. I had a great time. I had great people that I worked with and I'm still friends with some of those, them today. And unfortunately, yet again, it was that crisis when people were downsizing and people were getting bought out and you were having to find another job because you got bought out. And so now they want to bring their crew in. You know how that goes. So what I'm telling you is I had a lot of ups and downs a lot of ups and downs in the industry, trying to find my place. And every time, it always seemed like I was working for or with other people. And it never seemed to work out. At some point, something went awry. And it wasn't always because of me, even though I can admit that sometimes I'm like, this is just not working. But sometimes it's circumstances out of your control and it just doesn't work out. Well, I was working with another company in the tax business and things were not working out. So I just decided to venture out on my own and start my own tax company. And I did, and I was highly successful. I still own that tax company today. However, one year after taxes, I was so crazy stressed out that I said, I need to do something to release some of this stress because taxes can be very stressful and you're dealing with money and the IRS and people and their personalities. It's a lot. So after tax season, I'm like, I really need to do something to de-stress. And I was always fidgety with my hands. And that was that nervous energy. And so I crocheted. I remember crocheting years ago, but I never really stuck with it. But I still, if I picked up a crochet needle, I knew how to crochet. So I started doing that. And um, one of the YouTubers that I used to watch like religiously, her name is Marcel. And her, her YouTube channel is One Virtuous Woman. Still friends with her today. One Virtuous Woman on YouTube. Go follow her. But I started doing, following her and I started making baby blankets and hats and all kinds of stuff. And I really enjoyed it. And then I saw, I wanted a maxi skirt. You remember, you know, the really beautiful African print maxi skirts. Well, when they were first coming out, I was going to go and buy one. And the ones that I saw were like $300. No. I could not do $300 at that time, right? So I said, I'm going to figure it out. Now, 
this had to be 2010-ish because I remember distinctly remembering, oh, I have a sewing machine that I've never touched. My mother, like I told you, she was a seamstress and wanted me into it, had purchased a sewing machine for me back in the year 2000 and I never touched it. So when I wanted and I saw that this skirt, I'm going to figure out how to make this skirt. And I pulled out my old new sewing machine because remember, I had never touched it, even though it was 10 years old. It's brand new. And I'm going to learn how to make this skirt. So I'm looking all over YouTube and all of this, and I'm putting things together. But I came across another sew sister of mine, who again, I am friends with to this day. Her name is Sharissa Myers. And she um, put she was learning how to make the skirts too. And she was so generous with her time and her knowledge that I could ask her whatever I needed to ask her. And I watched her video. She had a video on her page and it was a, a rough video. It was real short. It was uh, from her camera phone. And remember back then, camera phones were not what they are today. But she was so generous with her time and patience. I could ask her questions and things like that. And she had no problem helping me and hundreds of other people out the same way Marcel was. I could text her or not necessarily text her, but you know, leave messages for her and she would respond. And it just helped me out. So I learned how to make the skirt. Just being fun, I say, look guys on Facebook, what I made. And these people were like, that's great, that's great, that's great. And one day somebody said to me, Karen, how much would you charge me to make one? I was like, wait a minute now. How much would I charge you mean to tell me you would pay me to make a skirt? Me? To make a skirt? I didn't know what to do with myself. So I said, girl, I said $40. What? $40 is all I charged for this skirt. Had no clue. This is all going to play in to what I'm going to tell you. The reason why I'm doing what I'm doing in a minute. Just follow me. So it was $40. I didn't know what to charge. I had never sold for anyone. Plus, real talk, I wasn't sure if my stuff was good enough to be sold. So I charged $40 and it started from there. Okay. It started from there and it kind of snowballed. And I have not stopped since. I have been a nonstop creative ever since that skirt. And I am so thankful for the gift that I have been given because it's been over, oh, well over six years or so since I've been doing this full time. I am a full-time crafter and creative entrepreneur. Now, granted, I do have my tax company, but that is only three, four months out of the year. The rest of the year, I support myself on my creativity, my thoughts that turn into energy and form products in real life. That's what I survive on. And I feel like it's a blessing that I have been given this gift to be able to make things and support myself doing it. It's something that I love. But what I realized is 
that my success in my company, which is Nakai Designs, in case you didn't know, it is Nakai Designs, N-I-K-A-I Designs. And that is a combination of my two kids, Naya and Kyle. Okay. And the success of that, because I do skirts, I do t-shirts, I have have done sublimation. I don't do it right now, but I do have the ability to do it. Um, I have a heat press. I have a Cricut. I have um, lamination machines. I've done a little bit of everything. I do still do sewing of skirts and canopies for baby carriages and, and carriers and clothing. And whatever I decide to do is what I do because I try my best not to be put in a box. Okay. I'm just a creator. Okay. And, but what I saw was a lot of women in the marketplace, as I got more into the marketplace and the industry, I saw a lot of women ask the same questions, mainly about business, how to turn my business into a profitable side hustle so that I can possibly leave my job. So I would watch this, but I really didn't have a platform to, at least I didn't think I did, to really talk about that. It was a thought in my head, but you know, I'm just over here making skirts. Well, I joined this group called Black Girls Craft. That's the group that kind of set me on this course that I'm on now. Now, let's rewind just a little bit. My very best friend, in the entire world, over 30 plus years in, yes, I dated myself and I dated her. We are, um, she has been telling me my whole life, just about, that this is what you're supposed to be doing. This is what you're supposed to be doing. And I used to say, if I could talk to people and help them and tell them about them, their business, I'd be a rich woman. But never in my wildest dreams that I think that that would actually happen. I just didn't think that. And so here we are. I got back, got into Black Girls Craft, and I posted. And I think at the time that I got into Black Girls Craft, it was maybe about 80, 75 to 80,000 women in it. And I thought that was like, oh my God, that's crazy. Now it's over 150,000 women strong. Amazing. In less than a year, in less than a year, it's gone that far. So after a while, I eventually got connected to my homegirl, Shalita, and we both became um, admins for Black Girls Craft with Mary, who is the owner of Black Girls Craft. And Mary gave me a platform. I was able to go live in Black Girls Craft on a regular basis. And through that live, I discovered who I am and I discovered my purpose. The confidence that I have gained through showing my crafting ability, but also the ability to help empower women has been tremendous. I could never repay what I have gained from the women in this group. And I'm so forever thankful for it. But being in that group, watching these women do all of these amazing crafts and amazing ideas, but they couldn't figure out how to monetize it. 
Well, I learned that that was my problem in the beginning. See, the craft industry is very different from the regular retail industry. You know, to be able to buy a purse and then wholesale and then resell it retail, there's not a lot. There is thought process, but it's not a whole lot of thought process. And but the, it's different with cra- crafting. That that it's sensitive. Crafting is sensitive because, as I always say, it's heart and soul work. It comes from you as a person. And so when you're putting that out into the world and you're trying to put a price on it, sometimes you don't know what that price is. And most importantly, it's hard for you to figure it out because sometimes you yourself don't feel like it's worth it. Well, I can tell you that's exactly what I was like. When I go back to where I was telling you I only charge $40 and then I was nervous about charging that because I didn't know my worth. Throughout life, things happen. You have it, life experiences that are not always the best. And it tends to challenge the thoughts of yourself and how you feel about yourself. But I'm here to tell you that is the root and the core of why sometimes we don't excel in our businesses or even in life. And me knowing that, and then also knowing now that the creative industry is very different than a regular retail industry and you have to approach it, approach it differently. I said to myself, I need to help these ladies learn what I know. And last year at the conference, the Black Girls Craft, Craft Conference, I spoke. And that was my coming out. That's what I call it. That was my coming out party. Because that in that moment, when I stood before my class, my workshop, I knew exactly what I was supposed to be doing. I knew what my purpose was. There's a difference between passion and purpose. Your passion is something that you have an intense desire to do. You love it. You'll do it every day for free, all the time. However, your purpose is what you were meant to do. You are purposed in these movements. I figured out that I'm supposed to share my experiences and my knowledge to help others because service is where your greatest joy comes. Even scripture says there's more happiness in giving than there is in receiving. The more that you give, the more that you will get if you do it with a pure heart. So throughout my years uh, in this crafting journey, I mentioned two people, you know, OVW, One Virtuous virtuous Woman, which is Marcel, and Sorissa Renee, which is Sharissa Myers. Those two ladies truly, truly helped me in my crafting journey. And by teaching me a skill and using what I already had in my brain and then teaching me the skill, they not only helped me eat, um, they taught me some, but they helped me eat, okay? And they helped me learn how to take care of myself through knowing how to make things. And that's why I adore Mary 
uh, Regina uh, Du Bois, she is the one that created Black Girls Craft. And it's a platform for women to learn, to share, and to help each other. Me being a part of Black Girls Craft and now out on my own as Ms. Creative CEO, I have combined my two passions of crafting and creating and helping others into Ms. Creative CEO. I'm not going to get into everything that I've been through in my life because I've been through a lot of stuff. I could tell you some stories, but what I will tell you is that I am a testimony that you can get through it. And I really, truly hope, guys, that when you look at yourself and look at the gift and then look at the people around you, even if you don't know them personally, if they've inspired you in some kind of way to be a better you, that is your cue and that is your obligation to act upon that. Because it's in you. Even if you don't believe it's there, it's there. So I encourage you to embrace your creative side. Don't ever discount it. Don't ever discount the gift that you were given because it wasn't a mistake. You have the ability to create life. You have the ability to help others and you're obligated to do so. And that's exactly the reason why I am doing why I'm what I'm doing. I want to help women um, and men. I've helped men as well. Um, but I have a special fondness for women because a lot of times we are not given all of the tools that we need to excel. So my concentration is on the queens out there. And my hope is that I can share my gift with you and it can really help and empower you to be the very best you and whatever you choose to do. So my podcast is going to be about inspiration. It is going to be about transformation and motivation. You will have interviews with people who are in the industry and people who may not be in the industry, but have something that you guys can learn from and apply to your lives. You will get me being silly sometimes. You will get me going off because I'm known to do that in a good way. Um, in the group, when I do a lot of lives, they say I'm good for snatching edges and stepping on necks. I will do that. If you don't know what that means, that basically means I'm going to get you where and get you to change your habits. And sometimes that means real talk. That's what it means. It means real talk. It doesn't mean sugarcoating stuff. You guys can get sugarcoated stuff anywhere. But this me, I'm real talk. But understand, it's all love. It's all about loving and helping one another. <clears throat> Excuse me. So that's what I wanted to say. That's a little bit, a tidbit about me. I hope you enjoyed it. Please, please, please leave me a comment. Follow me. Send me a voice message. Somewhere on this page, you'll be able to send a voice message. You may even hear yourself on my next podcast. 
Um, but follow me at on Instagram and on Facebook at Ms. Creative CEO, MS Creative CEO. I also have a Facebook group called the Creative Boss Collective. You are welcome to join that. We're going to have a wonderful time in there. I also have a course that you'll find out more about in there as well. And my website again is Ms. MS Creative CEO. I appreciate you. Your time is valuable. You can't get any more time. So the fact that you decided to spend it with me, I am humbled and appreciative. I look forward to seeing you on the next podcast. Stay fabulous. Thank you for listening to the Creative Boss Project. If you liked it, be sure to subscribe, rate, and review on Apple Podcasts. It helps other creative bosses like you find the show. If you want to see more from me, you can follow me on Instagram at Ms. Creative CEO. Thanks so much, and we'll see you on the next show. Stay fabulous.